0: Welcome to uh, our third uh, edition uh, in our Dinner Conversations series, where we want to invite you in to uh, literally a uh, dinner table conversation. You'll notice there's no dinner or breakfast uh, in a Sunday morning environment. Uh, We're just kind of hanging out here. But uh, what we're excited to do this morning is uh, to have a a different kind of conversation than I think we've ever had in our church's history. Um, From time to time, you know that we do family ministry or family oriented series and most of the time when we do that you know inevitably we'll have a morning on you know the marriage relationship because of the significance of that relationship for so many of us and inevitably in a family style or family series morning we'll do a morning on parenting because of how transformative and influential that particular relationship is again for so many of us But the truth is there are so many other kinds of relationships and family dynamics and circumstances and situations that are represented in a church like ours that we wanted to try to capture some of those dynamics and address some of those challenges and needs and questions as well. We're even going to tackle some of the questions that you've submitted in this series, and so we're excited to include you in this dinner conversation along with us this morning so uh, i want to invite uh, all of the participants uh, and thanks for being here gang uh just to introduce uh, yourselves uh to all of us um share your name uh, the southridge location that you're from and uh, just a little bit about your uh, unique family dynamic or circumstance where you find yourself these days
1: hi i'm jane berg uh, my husband and i attend the welland location um in southridge we've been there pretty much since the get-go um, we are the parents of four grown adult children now three of whom are married and we have two wonderful grandsons so uh, that's us we lots, can of, marry, family stuff lots of family <laughs> stuff over 30 years of marriage and uh, yeah we, we don't have it all together but together we have it all Awesome. <laughs> nice, you. Nice. hi my name is
2: Aileen Albadoni um, most of you will know my sister Elaine Feliz and my nieces and my brother-in-law Libro Feliz. I belong to the Glenridge location, have been there since it opened, and ferried out just a few years before that. And um, I'm single, so yeah, I think that's it.
0: She's also my hairdresser, so <laughs> there are issues. She's gonna reach over and. He has be, been very difficult <laughs> through
3: this. Yeah. You know. um,
4: hi, I'm Kira Newman. I go to the Welland location at Southridge, and my family um, are an amazing Christian family. Um, but recently, my mom has had some pretty major health problems.
3: And hi, my name is Tracy Yaramich, and I go to the Glenridge location and um, my two daughters and I, Jasmine and Brianna, have attended uh, there for exactly 10 years this past Christmas. And um, we have a unique fina- family dynamic because I have the privilege of being an adoptive mom of uh, Jasmine and Brianna and I have an older daughter who is, uh, her name is Kayla, she's 26 and I have a grandson and literally a granddaughter due tomorrow and, uh, and now our life has changed in that we've uh, I've remarried and we are now a blended family um, as of a year and a half and my husband's name is Andrew
5: My name's Ron, um, I go to the Welland location and uh, I'm divorced and have two young children so I'm single parent for the last 10
6: years. And My name's Brian and I, I go to the Glen Ridge location and I am uh, single and I live alone, which uh,
0: I found out has its benefits. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Thanks for being here, guys. Um, I recognize that we're certainly not representing the vast diversity of situations and circumstances uh, across our community and even across all of our locations. Uh, but we are getting a, a bit of a taste of some of uh, all of the uniquenesses of uh, where we find ourselves. and. Uh, that's really where I wanted to camp out the first portion of this conversation, is just to get your perspective on, uh, frankly, what it feels like to, to you know, year after year be, be part of a community like ours and, and hear us focus on these, these family series or have these family conversations, knowing that there are so many family dynamics that aren't just hallmark ideal. Um, you know, in, in your circles, and, and, you know, you can, you can chime in, in in whatever order you want, um, talk about the impact, you know, coming from, uh, kind of a more, uh, unique type of, uh, situation w- when we talk about family and even sort of reinforce those, those stereotypes, what's the impact on you?
6: I, I think for me, the, the question does come up of, well, where do I fit I- into the church family, right? Into this community. It's, and it's one thing to, you know, to get along with everybody and to to make friends, but but from a role perspective, just that question's on your mind, right? And uh, you know, and, and family and marriage is something that I think a lot of us share the desire for. And when you don't have that in your life, you're you, there's this there's this longing, right? That and you kind of feel a little bit incomplete. And I think that's 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 a constant struggle. It's a constant battle. Um, you know, trying to be joyful when where you are, but also kind of feeling this gap um, in like life circumstances.
0: And do you find when, when the church does this emphasis from time to time on family, that it actually kind of uh, enhances the, the, those feelings or some of that pain to to a greater degree? Well, I, it does, and
6: inadvertently, I'm sure. Right? It's not uh, certainly nothing intentional, but but the feeling that, uh, that I'll just speak for myself. The feeling I'm sometimes left with is. Uh, That there's this measuring stick and I'm not measuring up I think the best place you can get to is realizing that God doesn't use that measuring stick That uh, that's not how he sees us, right? That's not how he sees me You want to add
0: anything? Aileen
6: and I talk about this every other Friday (laughs) Yes, I've been trying to have this
2: discussion with the church for how long now? This was your brainchild It's it's definitely been a difficult road Oh my goodness, I'm just having a sensitive day today, so forgive me. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I think what's, I mean, I love my church and I love the people that are there and I know that through times I've had people pray for me and support me in different ways, but I think for the majority of the time that I've been here, it's been like more shallow, surface relationships. Hmm. I think the only way I can explain it is if, if the church only had single people and had three or four typical traditional families, would you have made it through 16 years of that? I think for
0: me, I mean, all joking aside, you, you kind of were the brainchild of this from all of our uh, private conversations about these kinds of things. As a church, you know, across all of our locations, we're trying to eradicate marginalization in certain people groups. That's really what our Southridge locations are all about. But, like many of you have acknowledged, kind of inadvertently or unintentionally, you know, when you put an emphasis on family and some of the more common family dynamics, like marriage and parenting, you can actually marginalize and ostracize anyone else who doesn't feel like they fit that kind of idealistic mold. We know that that feeling's real. You guys and gals are affirming that that feeling's real. Um, we're sorry for, for cultivating that kind of... You know, feeling like I don't fit when this is you know, part of your family as well. And just want to encourage everyone who, who finds themselves in that environment and, and feels some of that loneliness or misfit dynamic or, um, to know that you're actually not alone, that, that you're part of a, a, a number of people who are, are feeling the same kinds of uniqueness that hopefully we get better as a church in learning to address in all of these kinds of uh, unique and diverse ways. Okay, guys, now, one of the things that we said we were going to do was tackle some of the questions that our congregation submitted uh, in this family ministry survey that we conducted. And so we've got a list here that we're going to kind of go around the the table and try to engage in. Um, The the first one was sort of child-oriented. So I'm going to start with you, Kira, but everyone else can chime in because we've all been children. Half of us still are children, let's be honest. Yeah. What do you feel, uh, on behalf of kids, at least, you know, kids that can articulate themselves, what do you feel on behalf of kids is is the best gift a parent can give you to stimulate your faith?
4: Um, For me, I feel that um, parents should talk about their relationships and, like, walk with Jesus, um, and as well as, like, how they love them and how um, he's made a difference in their lives. So that the child will strive for that and see that as a goal and see that as important and want that same same connection with God. I always love hearing stories and um, different people's relationships and how they're growing and just all that stuff. Yeah,
3: I know I have a teenage daughter who's, you know, she's close to your age and two of them. a bunch of them but um, and I know one of the things that she has said to me one particular daughter is she likes it when I get real and honest about my relationship with God that I share with her my struggles Mm -hmm. and that I'm real about the relationship so that it's not just this churchy thing we do but that it's actually okay mom like what really is something that you know you you are struggling with and even in real time not just in the past but Even now,
0: another question that was submitted here because there was a few parents, I'm assuming, who who wanted to tap into that and ask, how honest should you be, (laughs) Um, especially regarding your past and regrets that you might have um, versus like keeping faith positive?
3: That's probably a good question for me. I I do tend to be I lean on the more realism side. I'm kind of blunt and honest, so I probably lean more towards be a that. Little more raw. Yeah, yeah, more raw. That's my personality. Um, I've been told maybe I lean a little too far that way sometimes. <laughs> um, but I guess I I I mean, I have waited till the well, till the age that I feel it's appropriate. But I have talked to my daughters about wrong choices I made. Um, as a young woman. I don't know, I just don't believe in pretending. I struggled yeah. with certain things at a certain age as a young woman um, before I was a believer and as well as after I was a believer and I've been really honest with them as those stages have come up for them. And
0: Another question along these lines, so let's, let's keep camping out in this, in this theme. Um, a parent asked, how do you talk about faith with your kids when your faith is changing? I don't know how many of us, as parents, might feel anxious about that, where we feel like, mm. you know, we're supposed to give, you know, certain answers or, you know, certain understandings, and then all of a sudden we we understand differently or we're growing. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Have you experienced that? Uh,
1: yeah, because for Jim and I, we didn't grow up really in a faith-based home, so mm. we came to Christ uh, basically as adults. Mm. So I decided um, whether this was a great idea or not that when our kids were toddlers that I was going to jump in and teach Sunday school because I knew absolutely nothing. So I thought that way, while they're learning, I'm going to know. And so it was ongoing. So we kind of grew together in that. Um, Yeah, it was really, it was funny because, you know, we had our kids pretty young too. So I remember growing and uh, we went to um, a Bible chapel for a long time when our kids were, were really young. And so it was a great learning curve for us. But yeah, my faith really started to change and grow as our kids were starting into public school and senior public. And, yeah, I would have to say the dynamic really changed in our home because I sort of got my feet under me as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it really started, like, who I started to become as a Christian really changed at that point. And I'm also very blunt, like Tracy, and very real. Like, I'm I'm the parent that just kind of, you know, as long as it's age appropriate, you're going to hear it. Because to me... And it might not be. Yeah, you're gonna hear it anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's just kinda, yeah, I just have that kind of personality and my husband's a little different that way. Um, But yeah, and I I felt, you know, I mean, there were a lot of circumstances that led to, I think, why was that way. Um, But I think, yeah, not being a Christian as a young person, I did make some really horrendous choices growing up and I really wanted my kids to see that, you know, walking with Christ, Turned my life around completely, and I really wanted them to see those things, and yeah, so it was a real challenge for and you'd me. You'd say
0: no matter how your your faith was developing, even if it was changing, so long as you were including them in that yeah. journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that we to be we they're, um they're...
1: we always uh, from the time our kids were really young, we always had a Bible study at our home, mm-hmm. and so the kids I think saw that they saw the choices that we were making and the ways that we were growing, and yeah, we're we're um, a family that does this. We sit around and talk and so yeah so they were always part of the conversation and admittedly we made a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. but i think that's the one thing we tried to own them yeah. i guess is including them. yeah i
5: think kids need to know sort of even both sides like you're in a, yeah. a situation where you don't get it right or you haven't yeah. leaned on god and where you're like absolutely oh shoot i should yeah. have you really know, went to god in this situation they need to see your sort of
0: reverse or your lean
5: yeah. on god
0: now i want to kind of call a little bit of a time out here because i already am noticing the trend that we get into again inadvertently as a church community we're starting to respond to some of the questions that particularly parents have had and we're getting way in from kids but we got some singles that don't feel like they can chime in here guys talk about your experience in some of these dynamics you know as kids or today as adults um in your family dynamics participating in family these days what are you what are you learning about that
2: well, um, because I have three beautiful nieces, um, unfortunately they have been a big part of my life and um, they've heard the stuff that I've gone through. And uh, you know, I have to say that um, they've spoken to me and encouraged me and um, yeah, I, sometimes I feel like I shouldn't be saying what I'm saying to them, but yeah, the wisdom that comes from kids
0: is just, it's mm-hmm. beautiful, yeah. yeah. and. I mean, don't downplay yourself. Like, you've had a huge influence in their lives, too. Yeah, so, but you
2: don't always really see that. They've been
0: able to speak into, into your journey and growth. You've been able to speak into theirs. And uh, Certainly, I mean, knowing as long as I have, there, there's definitely been a, a value in, in leveraging those family dynamics for you. How about you, Brian?
6: Well, for me... Um our family's still quite small, I would say. You know, it hasn't multiplied yet with the kids and grandkids and all that. So it's actually still just my parents and my sister and I. But we're both at an age where it's starting to be kind of expected or asked about. So my sister is 28 and I'm 31. Okay. And that's right. That's like the yeah. marriage age, the having kids age, and uh, and my parents, well-meaning, but they would ask a lot, right? So. You know, what's, what's the status on this, right? And, and uh, asking, so are you with anyone? Or, um, y- you know, or we need to find you someone, right? And I think that uh, is well-meaning, but, but has a negative kind of um, reaction or, um, you know, kind of response. And so my sister have had, and I have had to have kind of sit-down conversations with uh, my parents and just kind of said, Listen. This might not be what you want to hear, but we might not ever get married. But um, you know, I I think, you know, I just I think it's it's we've gotten to a good place where we don't really engage in it too much. We just try to spend time with one another.
0: I think it's really healthy. uh, At least it has been for my family. And Brian, picking up on that, um, you know, as a single person, how would you say your family can best serve and support your growth?
6: That's a really good question, and. I think you know the best thing they can do really is just to encourage and uh, and almost like not not even engage in those kind of conversations of life stages right and I know those are the questions that everyone wants to ask and that are the on the tip of people's tongues right mm-hmm. you know so are you with anyone and um, do you have any plans for kids and I know those are interesting questions but I think uh, in a parent-child relationship just you know feeling like you're great where you're at. In fact, this might be the best season for you right now. Mm-hmm. You, you might be learning something from this season that um, no other stage can teach you.
0: Yeah, can I, can I camp out on this for a little bit and just hope that, that everyone across all our locations is, is tracking with this, that encouraging your growth is different than encouraging the growth of the stages of your life. Mm. That, that's a really good point that's what you're saying yes mm-hmm. That that let, let's understand that when you're encouraging someone's growth it doesn't mean you're encouraging them to the next stage and stereotypical phase of life you're encouraging good their point. development as a person you're encouraging their, their relationship with God from a spiritual perspective yes. and their character formation in whatever circumstances life can can teach them that
6: but and I, and I just feel like that's that's how God sees us he doesn't see me as a single person right or li- someone who lives alone right it's like no, I see you as uh, you know becoming closer to me, in in your presence and learning and growing in relationship with me. Yeah. And I think uh, that's that's p- powerful. And seeing myself as a child, of God, and and just and just re- like letting that sink in and and kind of feeling the full
0: depth of that. Right. One of the sets of questions we received was about parenting adult children. I think you've got the sense that, you know, if you were Brian's mom and dad, that's very different than being Kira's mom or dad, just because of, not the stage of life per se, but just your, your, your personal maturity stage of development. Um, what have you learned, Jane, in the difference between, what are the ground rules in parenting adult kids?
1: Um, <laughs> I think a lot of times, what we learned from our parents who were so good to us, um, I think a lot of times it's just don't make judgments. You really need to let go and let them do their thing. Um, I, I asked Jim uh, about this too, about his thoughts, and I think that you know you do a lot more listening because it's the time we have. One son who calls us, and I know exactly who it is because every conversation starts with "Hi, mom." Can I ask you a quick question? <laughs> and and so you do a lot of listening, I find, and instead of chasing them, trying to like force feed things. Uh, now they want your advice yeah. and so yeah. it's a it, the whole dynamic changes And I think it's um you kind of become contemporaries a little bit because you're not Steering as much. You're not hovering. You're not you know, it, it's just a different you kind of take your hands off a little bit and and you Yeah, you coach, but it's different. It's it's very different. It's um, it's
0: your sounding board Yeah,
1: yeah. you're the sounding board
0: both both my parents and my in-laws have said it's amazing As as your children become adults, it's amazing how much you don't stop parenting. Yeah. Like you kind of think I'm I'm at the stage where I think, okay, you know, by the time the third one's eighteen and off to school or then, and then we're done. You (laughs) know, no, no. Retire can retire. Yeah, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. It
1: doesn't. It's it's a whole different. My dad had this great saying, and I'm sure everyone knows it. Like when your kids are little, their troubles are little, and when your kids are big, the troubles are big. Yeah. And and that is really true but i think you also as a believer and hopefully uh if your kids hopefully you pray that they are you know walking in their faith that you can kind of take your hands up knowing that you know you've done the best that you can and that they're going to make choices you're not always going to love them but you've got to let them do it
0: ron what would you say to uh parents out there who are navigating single parenting and are wondering what are what are some nuggets of wisdom from a a faith perspective as a single parent what have you learned about that
5: (laughs) I don't know if I've learned anything (laughs) 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 I think uh, I'm still learning it's been 10 years right you're splitting that between your ex ex and yourself so Um, but it's a you know you're in a bit of a bubble or a void um, in society in regards to that if it's even on the financial level you know you're you both have to live in two houses, and kids need two bikes, and you know, And if you're the support payer, then you know, our society's made for um, dual incomes, and you're carrying a single income, but you mm-hmm. still have to pay support. So it's tough. So there's a lot of things you give up on life. And uh, I just don't think, um, unless you're in it, you, know, you feel, feel isolated in it in a big way. Um, and the time you do spend with your children is so important like you know um, I had some health issues and wasn't sure where I was, where life was going at that point and I made a point to
0: really um, you know make those minutes count Hey Trace I wanted to, to check in with you too on uh, questions we receive about blended family what have you learned from a faith perspective and how to manage that and make that work
3: Well that's to definitely still new and a work in progress for Mm -hmm. sure Um, yeah I I appreciated so much what you had to say about single parenting from your perspective though because it is different when you're the mom parenting the kids because now my husband can give me that same perspective that you've given it's very Mm -hmm. different for the dad who's been taken out of the situation and it's it's I just my heart just sort of it resonated so much with what, what you said. Um, yeah, we're, we're still in the throes of figuring out the blended family. It's, it's, it's challenging for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's another one of those times in life when you really have to rely on God. You really just have to take it one step at a time and have a sense of humor. My, you know, my new husband is, has a sense of humor where I don't so he he's, he's <laughs> I think he's navigating it way better than I am to be honest he, and, he's and got why is that? his sense of humor okay. like he he just can can make it you know I take everything seriously I'm a serious minded person yeah. right so <laughs> and he's the one who's now moved like he is in the house full-time with my two girls so i'm okay. not in the house full-time with his kids okay. it's more removed so he's right in the throes of it and it's oh, you know it's definitely in uh, your challenging way. yeah <laughs> exactly, exactly
0: guys this is a question i want us to all to chime in on but uh, i'm going to start with you kira because uh, i think as you shared earlier this is relevant to you the, the question that someone submitted was you know how do you kind of hold the the family together or support the family depending on your role Um, in times of crisis.
4: Yeah, um, probably just staying positive and also um, being aware of everyone in that family's needs and being able to pour into them. Um, So, for example, my sister would need totally different things than my grandma would. Um, And just being aware of that and being able to um, kind of fulfill those needs well like
3: in crisis family crisis it, i mean when when the body comes and they're there you know the body of christ people people that love on you you know like i remember uh, you know a crisis i went through once but you know one of the things that still i remember to this day was there were so many meals and so much groceries and so many people who loved on my little family in that crisis you know, I, I, ba- I basically needed to shop for bread and milk for six weeks, that's it. <laughs> you know, like it was amazing. And that's being Jesus with skin on, you know, like yeah. that to me, that's, that's and those were life groups. Those were the two life groups that I was connected with. And I think life groups are huge. I, I'm a huge fan of life groups.
6: Uh, can and I just add to add yeah. that as well? I think um, during a crisis, uh, and, and my family has experienced a number of recent crisis, crises, uh, one of the most powerful things I've found is just just acknowledging that this crisis doesn't define you. You know, th- this crisis may strengthen you, it may test you, it may challenge you, but it doesn't define you. It's, you know, it's, and I've, I've experienced that, I've received that kind of uh, message, that kind of feeling. And I've also, God has put me in positions and places to then speak that into other people. And I just think with a family, it is such a unique bond or place that you can do that, right? You can, you can say what's on your mind and you can, uh, and you can just be honest and, and right, just speak to that person. And you know that it's coming from a place of um, authenticity.
3: In some families. In Not some in all families. families, I know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Maybe right. you've seen it work
6: differently. Yeah. I to...
0: <laughs> and so I'm hearing two things when it comes to crisis. There's there's a way to engage your family, mm-hmm. right? Proper. But there's also a way to engage the broader family because it feels like, especially in crisis, you actually need more than just, you know, mm-hmm. your biological family, yeah. right? Um, Those are yeah. the times where you actually need to yeah. lean on a broader family that you know way more of us can come to the table and and play that role as as family. That's great. Um, Guys, we want to wrap this up and uh, just get a a bit of uh, kind of a summary of all this. Again, representing a few uh, of the various diverse uh, seasons and circumstances that that people in our church family find themselves in. Um, So, sort of two questions that I want you to think about. The first one is, what one word best describes what you need From your spiritual family in order to become all that God wants you to be? And then the flip side, the question is what one word best describes what you feel you can bring or contribute to others in your spiritual family for them to become all that God wants them to be?
5: Maybe community or connection. I mean, that's two words, but you
0: know, and relationship.
5: And and I want to fit love in there too. Which, you know, needs to be sort of the, the fluid in, in those two things, right? But it, that's you, a big piece for you. Least, yeah, right? and it's, it's communication and whatever that means connecting. And, mm-hmm. yeah, if that's for me, it's a sounding board. I need to talk, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But you need somebody to call you and say, hey, yeah. how's it really going? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's great mm-hmm. as well. That's
1: awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say I, I, I love being challenged. And,. Um, so I think the more that people kind of you know pick on me and kind of challenge me I, I, lo- I like that and I would say that at this point I think um, I really love encouraging.
6: I, I, I was trying to choose between uh, you know vulnerability and empathy you know and then I think the vulnerability piece as well I think you know what you're saying it, it just makes so much sense and it's so powerful but that connection Right? I, I only think you get there when you're vulnerable and mm-hmm. I only think it's sustained when you have empathy. And I, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, we're all wrestling with our internal monologue and then what's spoken externally. And I think before you share, you're so worried about what the reaction is going to be, right? For certain personalities, I wanted to just throw it out there. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's do For, good. Yeah, too for not, me. Well,
5: like, I, Yeah. Yeah. And
6: I, yeah. So I worry about what the reaction is going to be. is mm-hmm. uh, because. Because I will, I will share if I feel like there's empathy there. But if there's not, or I'm worried there's not, you know, yeah. then I think it, it it could easily hold me back. Right. But uh, but I've always I've been so amazed by what happens when you do share. What happens when you are vulnerable? And it's oftentimes totally the opposite from what I expect. Mm-hmm.
0: Kira what would you say? Um,
4: I would say, um, for me, uh, value um, the feeling of being valued and important. Um, just in um, for people to be aware of what's going on in my life and what could be going on in people my age, like social media mm-hmm. or whatever that may be, especially for young girls. Um, and that also includes like community, like was said before, um, when I was when, when my family going when my family was going through um, our. Crisis or whatever. I loved it when people would say, "Hey, how are how are you doing personally, Kira? What about your sister? Um, how are you doing in all of this?" And that I feel like that's really important.
0: Uh, what's your one word that you feel like you bring?
4: Um, probably just care. Um, I I don't I can't relate to everyone. Um, just an ear to listen and just I I care and I
0: wanna hear what um, people have to say. Great. Chris?
4: Uh
3: I, I guess the word I would use that I think I bring is the fact that I am real. I try to be a real, honest person. And so um, I've, I've had a lot of encouragement that like even within a leadership role when the leader can be real, <laughs> it sets a tone for the group, right, to be real. So I think that's mm-hmm. what I bring. As far as what I need, is that what, is that what you're asking? What you need and what you bring. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
3: Um, spiritual accountability. That's more than one word, but just because you you know get remarried and on you go doesn't mean that you're still not going to have challenges. You know. Yeah. Okay. No, I think um, awareness for me, um,
2: just that people recognize that there is. More than one type of family out there. I think that's a great discussion. Um, And um, I think what I bring is compassion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else to say. Super. Mm
5: -hmm. I started, didn't I? You started. (laughs) I've got five more words. (laughs) Jeff.